Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected, that we are all one. There is no place where I begin and you, I'm sorry, said that wrong. There's no place where I end and you begin. There's no separation between us. And uh, spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching us this truth for eons. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Lost and Found with author Sherry Pearl. We'd like to welcome Sherry to Awake to Oneness Radio. Welcome, Sherry, to Awake to Oneness oh, Radio. Thank you so very much, Caroline. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. I am so honored to have you today especially. Today is a very uh, special day for myself and my son, who is in spirit now. But on December 30th of 2011, I brought him home from the hospital. After doctors had told me on December 7th of that year that he wasn't going to live, and I tried to take my own life. But we came home from the hospital on mm. December, thir- <laughs> yeah, de- December 30th, yeah. Um, so the day before New Year's Eve, uh, we were home mm. to ring in the new year together that year. So um, that, was an, um, that was a miracle. The hospital was on mm-hmm. 34th Street <laughs> in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. And, wow. <laughs> and, and I always say, well, I had a true miracle on 34th yeah. Street that Christmas <laughs> season. <laughs> so it's you such did. an honor. <laughs> yes, it's such an well, honor thank you to so have much. you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. And can you share with our listeners um, your journey? Because I know you have an experience of losing a son as myself, um, but all of our our experiences are are unique. And um, I think one of the things I love to do on this show is us share our unique experiences that may inspire others. Um, to look within and also discover those unique experiences of their own. So please, please, share share with us. Yeah, okay. Well, let me first say it would be my honor, too. I want to thank you for inviting me on the show, and I want to thank everyone who's listening in because it is, I am honored by your presence here tonight, and I will do my best to share my experience and what I've learned from it. Um, you know, people often ask me, did you get into spirituality when your son passed in 2008? 
And I tell them, oh, hell no. <laughs> I got into <laughs> spirituality 45 years ago um, as a result of a very serious illness and a spiritual healing that completely woke me up to the presence of spirit. Uh, because that's not the focus of the show, I will just give our listeners a very, very brief overview. Um, I was born in 1951, and I, at 17 years of age, was the biggest non-believer you ever could have met. I grew up in a home with a father who was an atheist and a mother who was an agnostic. I thought people who believed in miracles were batty. (laughs) I believe that people who believed what I now teach and write about were either diluted, deluded, or they just weren't very intelligent people. And I really thought that I knew everything at that point. But when I was 16, I came down with a very, very intense case of Crohn's disease, which is an uh-huh. intestinal inflammatory bowel disease. And, of course, at that time I was, as we know, a non-believer, and so were my parents. And all we did was pursue Western medicine. And after two years, my condition had worsened to being life-threatening. Um, after I had had Crohn's for one year, I was told about a British healer named Harry Edwards, but at the time I was absolutely certain that such things could not possibly be real. So I ignored the information. But a number of years later, I find myself even sicker because due to the Crohn's, I needed blood transfusions, and I was infected with the hepatitis C virus through blood transfusions. So by the time I was 20, I was a very, very sick girl. I'd had all of my colon removed. Um, my liver was very, very bad. And I was desperate. And I remembered about the man in England. It came back to me as if I hadn't thought about it in all that time, that somehow the desperation to not pass so young and to get well led me to take steps I would never have ordinarily taken. And I remembered about this man, and we got his name, and I was told to write a letter explaining my condition. And my father hand-delivered the letter to Mr. Edwards when he was in England on business, and uh-huh. I was well so quickly, my head spun in place. I had been sick for four long years, and overnight I had energy like I had not known in four years. My wow. blood test started to show enormous improvement. And that was when I realized that there were things in this world little Sherry Pearl didn't have a clue about. Um, Mm. And that was my wake-up call. That was 1971, and I was 20 Uh years old. And that started what has now been an almost 46-year study and investigation. Um, I could not understand at the time how this healing took place because I did not meet Mr. Edwards until a year and a half after I was completely well. It was all done through what is called distant healing, and I was baffled by the whole concept until I read Mr. Edwards' books, and he explained that he did not work alone, but that he worked with what he called spirit doctors. And that Mm. really threw me, because back in that time, I did not believe in spirits at all. But he explained that these were beings who in their last life had been doctors, and after they passed into spirit, still had the desire to help the sick, and that he would make contact with them, and he was more or less the go-between, me and uh-huh. them, and he would tell them who 
needed what and where they were located. And he explained that the spirit doctors would then approach the patient more often than not when they were sleeping and direct uh-huh. healing energy to the sickness as well as to the emotions and spiritual makeup of the person to also try to bring upliftment to that. And it was amazing because I became a far more optimistic person. I just began to feel hopeful where I hadn't before. Right. Mm-hmm. Just took a sip of water. And so naturally, <laughs> at 20 years old, this non-believer wanted to know about everything. I became well, and my whole life took a new direction. I, be, I was fascinated with spiritual healing. I was also fascinated with mediumship, because if there were spirits around, mm-hmm. I wanted right. to be able to speak with them, too. And what I was right. learning was that there were people who could communicate with spirits, and that really turned me on. And I ended up in the home of Jane Roberts, who was the medium who spoke for an entity who was called Seth. And yes. together, Jane and Seth wrote many, many books in the 70s, Seth Speaks, The Seth Material, The Nature uh-huh. of Personal Reality. And I became yes. a regular member of her classes and very, very involved. As a matter of fact, that's where I met the man I'm now married to for almost 40 years. And, oh, um, yeah, the whole story is in my book, which is at Amazon mm-hmm. and has just been rewritten and updated. It's mm-hmm. called Healing from the Inside Out and the Outside In. They're still selling used copies of Healing from the Inside Out, but that's not updated and doesn't bring in all the things I've learned in the last you know, many years right. since the original was written. So if anyone is interested in getting this story in greater depth, it will all be in that book, plus my whole healing program, what I use to work on myself still to this day. So oh, at that point, I started pursuing mediums just out of curiosity. But you can imagine uh-huh. what a leg up that was for me when my son passed because yes. I already had an advantage on so many because I did not doubt any longer that there was a realm of spirit. Seth would come yes. through James and demonstrate to the entire class what it was like to see a spirit inhabit the body of someone you knew, totally change Mm -hmm. their personality, totally change their voice, and talk Mm -hmm. to you about things that, you know, as a medium can, things that you knew, that the spirit knew, but nobody else in the room knew. I mean, it was just the most amazing demonstration that there was this being in the room who was not of our world at that time, and he would tease us. He was so funny, and he would look at us, and he would go, death speaks with a louder voice, and it was just mind-blowing to uh-huh. have that demonstration. So you imagine I spent all these years just grooming myself for faith in that reality. Um, I then met up with a fellow named Glenda, who's an excellent medium, and at this point a very good friend. But I was going out there just for my curiosity, you know, just to meet up, connect with people on the other side. My dad had passed in 1976, quite young at 53. And Harry Mm -hmm. Edwards, my healer, who was in his 80s, left this world in his sleep also in 1976. So on a visit with Glenda one day, Glenn told me that, I have a father who was there, and I said, yes, I have a father. And he said, well, your father's with Harry, and he says to tell you, you can do what Harry did. And that Mm -hmm. was the first I heard 
that my dreams to be of a healing service to others might be met and that Harry might even back me. So at that point, I started going back to Board Blend Up religiously in order to connect uh-huh. with my father and my healer and learn more about my work in healing. While this is all going on, I'm raising a family. I adopted my three children, each of them when they were born as infants, and okay. Danny was our second child and um, a wonderful boy with the biggest heart in the world but always one of those loose cannon kids that was challenging. And um, at, at a young age, his dad and I knew that he was at risk, um, and we had him in all kinds of programs, emotional growth boarding schools and wilderness programs and, you know, all kinds of forms of help to try to help him stay more on the path, you know, and and take better care of himself. But as you know, hard as we tried, we eventually lost that battle. And um, Mm -hmm. on July 1, 2008, Danny Boy overdosed in his own apartment in Manhattan. And Mm. Jerry and I, he didn't show up for work that morning which, as Danny joked about with Glenda after his passing, he was supposed to be at work, but it wasn't unlike him to come in late. And when he didn't show up at a certain point, his dad and I, after calling the number and not getting an answer, like so many parents I've spoken to who go through this, broke into his apartment and found him in his bed, and he was gone. There was no question he was gone. And so... You know, for the first couple of days, I was in so much grief, I completely forgot about the fact that I would need to go to Glenda, you know, and talk to Danny. You're just in so much grief. But uh-huh. what's so interesting is that right from the get-go, I would be sitting in bed beating myself up, as most bereaved moms tend to do, saying to myself, you should have known. You, you know, I had actually woken up at 3 in the morning that night, and and... It was like something woke me up and I was restless and I couldn't get back to sleep. But I didn't know enough of what it was. And it, it kept right. bothering me that I, I knew enough to wake up, but I didn't know enough to call and wake him. And I was beating myself up when in my own head, in my voice, not in his voice, mind you, but in mm-hmm. my voice, I heard right. him say, but mom, you couldn't have known. I didn't even know. Right. And I'd start to feel better. And then I'd say, oh, I'm just making this up it's just my imagination but it always seemed that whenever I was having that horrendous grip of agony come over me if I went into a room alone and kind of just listened to myself beating myself up I would find this kind gentle response of but mom you know it's not your fault or whatever it was that was coming up for me there was this kind of gentle kind support and I would say, think to myself, I feel better sitting alone in the room talking to Danny than right. talking to anybody in the house around me. And yet mm-hmm. it was still hard to know, you know, at that time if it was really Danny or just wishful thinking. And, and, and that's a big part of Lost and Found is that we have to learn to trust how it comes through to us because many mm-hmm. people are getting getting thoughts and messages from their deceased loved ones, but they're so expecting to hear it as if through a megaphone audibly in their bedroom. <laughs> and right. it, it comes through uh-huh. the imagination. So we Settle think it. it's just uh-huh. my imagination because that's the window it comes through. How uh-huh. else can it come through? You're not going to hear it with your ears. 
And then I found this quote by Albert Einstein where he said, imagination is more important than knowledge for knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand. Mm-hmm. While imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. Right. And so, um, you know, that that's just starting you off with how, how the lost and found began to happen. Um, what worked, what really helped me was that in the first couple of years after Danny's passing, and that's what Lost and Found, the time span that that little book covers, I did mm-hmm. go through a number of different mediums. And had I not, I might not have realized that I was really in touch with Dan because I would not necessarily have known. But when the things that I was hearing were being confirmed by the mediums, then I realized that it does come through that window that we think of as merely our imagination. But right. what really is, you know, what do we think our imagination is? Mm-hmm. You know, where mm-hmm. do these images come from? And they're not just cartoons that we make up, although that may play a part. There are also other energies around us influencing us, and I do think that our those of spirit who are close to us influence us all the time. We're just not aware of it. I'm sure you've yeah. had that experience yourself. Oh, oh yeah, many, many actually. And I honestly, I think, um, well, I know, and I, I, I even said this to you when you and I first spoke um, over the phone mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. I was completely at peace when Kyle did make his transition because of the experience three years earlier where I wasn't having it. I was like, I'm leaving here. I'm leaving. You know, I was, I I believed in the spirit world. I always did. Um, I didn't, when I was growing up, I was sent to Catholic school and I didn't believe in the Christian dogma, but I always believed in that there was more. You know, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what that more was. Um, so even um, when doctors said that he wasn't going to live in 2011, I was awakened to the fact that there is another side. There, There is no death. Right. I, I had right. even said that to my mom before she passed, and she passed in early 2011. I said to my mom, there is no death. You know, it's nothing but eternal life. But even knowing right. that, I was like, I was like, okay, right. but this experience I don't want to go through, so I'm leaving here. Yeah, I I wrote the mm-hmm. I wrote the note. Mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. a suicide note. My son is <laughs> going to bury me. I'm not going to bury yeah. him. And you know, like I said, I experienced that miracle. So when I experienced that miracle, I couldn't mm-hmm. stop being thankful for that miracle. Even um, two and a half years later, when he was going mm-hmm. back into the hospital, I said mm-hmm. to God, "Cannot." Not thank you. I don't know what's going to happen at this time. I want to bring him home this time. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't stop thanking you. And I know that this is his soul's choice and that this is an agreement that he, his soul and my soul made this agreement, this soul plan before we came into this incarnation. So I'm not sure why, but I have to trust and, and believe that, Whatever happens is for my highest good. So when he did make his transition, I was at peace. I miss him, you know, and there's times 
I'll cry. And what it is, but, like, I always kind of knew that once he was with me. And there were times I would, okay, one time I was in my bedroom, and I was going through his cell phone, and I was reading um, some of his texts. And while he was in the hospital, he was texting his friends. He didn't know if he should have a certain procedure. You know, he was he was right, afraid, right. Afraid, kind of afraid. But he never talked to me about it. But he's texting mm-hmm. his friends about it. You know, and I'm thinking, or in his Facebook messages, messaging his friends, and I'm thinking, you know, why is he, why is he you know, talking to these knuckleheads that, you know, not his mom. But I think, I think what it was, um, he knows me. I'm completely holistic. Um, I have, I have, you know, no, you know, Western medicine is good for a broken leg, okay, or trauma. Yep. But um, as far as healing, uh, I, I'm yep. completely holistic, and and he knows that. And so I think partly that's why he didn't want to consult right. me about this. Right. He wanted uh, other opinions, yeah, sure. Right. He wanted to stay more in the Western medicine mainframe but i was i was crying in my room and i was saying kyle why didn't you talk to me and then i come over to my office which is the next room and go to my desk and i want the my computer's on facebook but i didn't want to go i wanted to go to google and i tried to move the screen to go to google and it was frozen and and Mm -hmm. it was and what it said oh i can read it I, i wrote it down what it was frozen on Facebook, it said, uh, sometimes I wish I could go back and tell myself what I know now. You know how people put these um, mm-hmm. images yep. with words, these pictures with uh, um, sayings, and that was the saying, mm-hmm. and that's, it. that's a direct answer to what I was asking mm-hmm. him. I asked, why mm-hmm. didn't you talk to me? And he says, right. sometimes I wish I could go back and tell myself what I know now. So he, he's like, okay, <laughs> I, I didn't know then what I know now. So right, I knew, right. you know, so those subtle right. things, and I knew they weren't my imaginations. Sometimes I would put well, on the radio. You know, you're, I, I, needed, yeah. I, I needed more proof, but I got okay. proof. That okay. that were, for example, certain of the stories in Lost and Found that were just phenomenal, mm-hmm. and, and this is why I encourage people in the beginning to go to mediums to get your confidence. You you apparently had such an experience when your son nearly passed the first time that it was right. something up in you that brought you to a very unusual place. I cannot say, despite. 40 years of spiritual training or whatever when Danny passed and I was at peace with it. You know, I was not at peace with it. And I think the place that you were at is is very unusual. And most people don't have built in the kind of faith or understanding that you are speaking of and need those kind of proofs. And, and this is why, um, you know, I shared some of these stories because, there's no other explanation except that mm-hmm. you know, you're saying, well, I just felt that that was a message and that's what it meant. But check this right. one out, for example. Um, uh-huh. the very, Danny died July 1, 2008. So the next Christmas year, which was still 2008, I had uh-huh. gotten gifts from and, and for different people. And I'm sitting in my room, and I'm very sure I hear Danny whisper in my head, that he wanted me to get a gift for his brother's girlfriend. That's now my his brother's wife. But at the time they were mm-hmm. dating, and he said, in my head, I heard, and again, it's in my voice, 
And I, it was enlightening to me when medium Glenn Dove told me that he always hears the spirits in his voice. Because I always thought the medium heard Danny in Danny's voice. So I figured I was hearing it in my voice, therefore it wasn't Danny. Not at all. It comes through the window of your imagination, so it will sound like your own speaking voice when you hear it. And so mm-hmm. I thought Danny had said to me, I want you to get Aaron a Christmas present from me. You know, I knew her mom, too. And he was a little brother, you know. And he said, I want you to. So I'm, I'm sitting in my room, and I speak, speak back to him, but, you know, in my head. And I go, all right, Danny, well, what do you want me to get her? And then I hear, well, get her a necklace of a, a heart. Um, you know, I get her like a little heart necklace from me. So mm-hmm. I said, all right, all right. So I go there. Yeah. I think about it. I'm, what am I listening to my imagination? I'm listening to a ghost. And then I thought, well, you know what? He's not asking me to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. Let's use common sense. <laughs> He's asking me to get a gift for a lovely girl who I should probably get a gift for anyway. So I said, mm-hmm. okay. And I go down to my local jewelry store, and I buy a very sweet little silver heart on a chain. And I get home, and I swear to God, I hear in my head, Mom, you cheeped out. Erin, where's gold? Oh, God. I go back downstairs, and I thank it for a gold one. I give it to my son. He gives it to his girlfriend. She loves it. Two days later, I hear that Roland Comtois, who is an excellent medium who I've gotten to know also over the years, was holding Uh a group group channeling in a town about 20 minutes from where we live, where I always like to go to hear mediums and so forth. And I was going to go, and Aaron and Aaron heard that I was going and asked if they could come with me. And I said, I'd love your kids to come. So we all Mm -hmm. drove up to Chappaqua together. And Roland is known to be the man of the purple papers. For any of your listeners who don't know who this man is, I highly recommend both medium Glenn Dove, medium Roland Comtois. They're both Mm -hmm. on Facebook. They're both on the Internet. Um, You can find them. so anyway, we go up to this thing with Roland, and Roland sometimes gets messages for people years before he ever sees them. And he records these messages on big pieces of lilac construction paper, which he calls the purple papers. And he will go to reading, sometimes carrying stacks of purple papers from years prior. And if you're in the room, he just somehow knows that the person who's supposed to receive this message is now in the room. And, uh-huh. you're, you know, everybody wants a purple paper, of course, but we're <clears throat> not all going to get them. But in the meantime, he walks over and he hands me a purple paper and it says on it, no more, prob- no more problems, no more problems. And then mm-hmm. there's a drawing of a necklace with a heart on it. And he says, wow. what does this mean? And I said, well, I thought Danny wanted me to get a necklace for Aaron's girlfriend, and Aaron and Aaron were with me, and Aaron was wearing the necklace. So she stood up, and she showed everybody in the room, and then the uh-huh. medium says to me, well, your son says, good job, Mom, you got it right. Now, I am telling the, to the audience, yes. I want them to know that when these yes. thoughts came to me, it felt like nothing more than Sherry Pearl daydreaming. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, have uh-huh. I not gone to, have I not seen Roland and not gotten the verification? To this day, I might not know. For Realize, sure. right. right. And well, that's I, what I'm trying to tell people. They say to me, uh-huh. how is it that you connect with Danny? You're all connecting. You just don't know it because you think right. it's going to be more tangible in physical terms, but they're not physical. 
Mm-hmm. So it's going mm-hmm. to come through channels that are not physical. So it comes right. through things like thought because they're not physical. And they right. can exactly. hear our thoughts. And they exactly. can answer us in thought and we'll just get the thought. But when I mm-hmm. get thoughts that are so much more characteristic to Danny's personality and mm-hmm. way of thinking than my own, I just now assume he's talking because you get to know someone's personality, you know, and, and right. you begin to realize when, you know, things begin to, you just begin to know. But it has to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. what lost and found means is that what is lost in the flesh can be found in the spirit. And there's yes. absolutely no question that it can be found. Yes. Well, that's uh, funny what you said about the color because I was, um, I guess it was it was this fall, past fall, I was getting mums for Kyle's um, headstone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was, I, I know he like he tells me all the time, yellow, he tells me. I mean, I didn't know what right. color he liked <laughs> in, 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 when when he was here, but he tells me because I had picked, this is funny, I picked up this beautiful yellow bouquet, and then as I'm walking out, I see this white bouquet, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe should I get the white? And I he, it's like I, he's, no, stick with the yellow. I, it's like, you know, like you say, it's in your own, it's your own thoughts and your own right, voice, right. but I know that right. was him. I, you right, know, I'm looking at the white, and he, you get to know. <laughs> After yes, a while, yes. we do get to know, but it takes it takes yes. opening that door. And towards mm-hmm. the end of Lost and Found, you know, there's mm-hmm. just like very simple, easy instructions on how to get started with connecting up, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not that we have to learn how to do it. Um, I'll give you an example, and this is in the okay. book. We've all had that experience where you think about someone, and then ten seconds later, that person rings your phone. Right? Mm-hmm. We all had that happen. Right. And then we go, oh, yeah. what a coincidence. Well, the point is, did that person give you a mental heads up first? And how did you pick up on it? And, and the mm-hmm. point is, we pick up on it because we are not strictly physical. Mm-hmm. We are also spirit, consciousness, mental beings. And thought is right. a real thing. And so when your friend thinks of calling you, that thought exists as a thought form and the part of us that spirit that is not just the physical part is not limited to this moment we're in that part is fluid and so it's as if there's all these thoughts around you and part of your spirit's kind of out there almost like radar looking for ships that are going to cross by things that really matter to you you're out there kind of picking up and Sometimes they'll get right through, and you'll think about right. that person, and there they are ringing your phone. Yes, they did give you a mental heads up, but if you uh-huh. didn't have a component in you capable of receiving the transmission, it couldn't happen. And that's because right. we are all spirits in our bodies now, and that uh-huh. part of us is the part that can connect with them because that's the common core. We're all spirits. Right, and that's... That connects you know. to the the theme of the show. We're all one. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. Even those in, that are in spirit and those are here, we're all connected. There's no... There's, because we're spirit we're, in the body and yeah. they're spirit out of the body. We're spirit exactly. incarnate and they're discarnate spirit. We are all right. spirit. And that's the right. common denominator. And, and so all connected. If we want to... Yeah, but, but if we mm-hmm. want to allow those connections to become real for us, so that we mm-hmm. can actually know that they're walking beside us, as you know, 
the door must be open. And the first right. most essential ingredient for that is to just have an open mind. You know, mm-hmm. I feel sorry for the people who were broken in churches and schools and, you know, molded into these circumstances in which they were told that it's bad or evil to connect with the dead, that it's the dead, you know, or that the devil's <laughs> going to get in the mix here or that you're disturbing them. There's a, there's a gentleman I know who's a really, really nice man from Iran. He's part of the prayer registry. And his wife was taught that when that if we spend too much energy or send too much thought to the dead, we disturb them. Well, <laughs> because of that, she feels very discouraged to do the type of things you and I do. From my perspective, uh-huh. she's literally dead wrong. It's the last thing they want. I'd love to read you a quote. There's a book that was written by Sir Oliver Lodge, who is a renowned, he, he was a scientist who was working on the wireless radio back in, here it is, back in um, the 1900s. His son, Raymond Lodge, was killed on the battlefield in World War One. And mm-hmm. because the father, Sir Oliver Lodge, was involved with wireless, you know, he, he already had this sense that sound could travel, and he ended up going to many mediums, the whole Lodge family did, to connect with his son Raymond. And he wrote a book mm-hmm. called Raymond or Life and Death. And mm-hmm. this is a quote from the book, and it's Raymond speaking to the mediums to his father, and he says, Father, tell mother she has her son with her, all day on Christmas Day. There will be thousands of us back in the homes on that day. But the horrid part is that so many of the fellows don't get welcome. Please keep a place for me. I must go now. Bless you again, Father. Mm. They, can you imagine how it is for kids whose parents were told, don't think of them, don't send them uh. best to forget about them? That's the last thing they want. Our thoughts and energy and love direct to them is right. the only gift, the gifts that we can give them now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it comes in yeah. our love. And so it's the last thing they want. It's completely erroneous. And yet many people have been taught to believe that. And many people have been taught that, it's, that, that what we're talking about right now is not real. And so if you right. believe that, and it doesn't matter how many signs you get. There are people who can find logical explanations for spiritual healings that would defy and baffle science. And they'll find an explanation. Because if you really believe something cannot be real, in your mind it will not be allowed in. It will not be allowed reality. So the first thing you need to connect up is to just open your mind to the possibility. Right. You don't have to have certainty. We don't need absolute certainty, and we probably never will have that, or most people never will, but we don't need certainty. You know, faith doesn't imply certainty. If something's self-evident, we don't need faith. Faith implies taking a leap of trust into something that you don't really freaking know, but you're going to hope. Faith has to be hope. And you just open that door because you miss this person so much, it's worth a try. Just like me reaching out to Harry Edwards. I thought it was ridiculous. But what did I have to lose? What I gained was the whole world. So I I tell this to anyone to read, you know, connecting up is the only solace that really helps. Right. And they're always with us. 
and and I think it kind of helps to, um, like you said, to to open your mind and your heart. But also with me, it's a knowing. It's not. It's not. A, it's past belief. But you're very. I you're, know. You're, you I know that Kyle is with me. But is. yeah. It's but I, I want in a beautiful I, place. But it's. I wanted. I wanted to. I want to share with you my first experience, which was just a month ago, my first experience with a medium. Um, I knew that I wanted uh-huh. to um, connect with a medium, you know, to communicate with Kyle at some point. Um, I knew, like I said, I always sense him communicating with me, but I wanted, you know, more concrete communication yeah. with him. Course, and I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting um, to f- to just find them because I I talk to different mediums right. and channels, a lot of channels, mostly channels, not that many mediums. But I was waiting to um, well, meet what a you, medium. What's the difference when you say channel? What would you call the difference between a channel oh, and oh, a medium? Okay, the okay the channels that I've had several channels on my show. They channel a particular um, entity like Jesus or. Um, oh, so they call themselves. Oh, they're higher. Their their collective higher self. Oh, they're, not their higher self. Okay. Their collective spirit right. guides. I see. Like okay. So, so they're right. Like, do they have one particular thing they go to? They're not necessarily going to bring exactly. truth for you. Right. Okay, right. They're, so mediums. Mm-hmm. I think of a medium as a person that will connect to your loved one. But I think of a mm-hmm. channel who is channeling a particular entity. It could be an that, extra, okay. an like ET or something like that. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> So I was just, so I didn't go seeking. I said, you know, I'm in this field that I am with the show. I'm meeting lots of people. And so I will wait to, yeah, I will wait till uh, a person resonates with me that I will Mm -hmm. approach. And that was Mm -hmm. um, Suzanne Giesman was uh, on my show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Suzanne was a guest on on the show back in May, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I told her, "Just add me to your waiting list," <laughs> you know. Right. And uh, then I was thinking, last month was Kyle's birthday. Um, his birthday was on Thanksgiving Day, so a week uh-huh. before Thanksgiving. I emailed Suzanne, and I said, you know, it's Kyle's birthday. I'm thinking a a lot about him. And she emailed Mm -hmm. me right back, I'll do a reading on his birthday. And I was like, really? Really? Because it's Thanksgiving. You know, I don't want to pull you away from your family. I've only heard the absolutely nicest things about her from everybody who's experienced her work. Mm-hmm. Very, very beautiful. Yeah. But the yeah. amazing thing, the the reading, not only was the reading amazing, but the amazing thing, and this is the first time it's ever happened with her out of the hundreds and hundreds of readings she has done, this is the first time that these strange noises was were coming from her computer. And I couldn't hear the noises on my end, but she said I could hear it on the audio tape. And so she sent me the tape, and I didn't even listen to it for two days. But when I listened to the tape, you could hear all these noises, but not only that, when I, I could hear Kyle's voice. Not only did I hear yeah. Kyle's voice, I heard my you heard the Kyle dog was holding heard. my dog, <laughs> yes, my dog who transitioned my little dog that transitioned well, in 2007. No, I heard it. You sent it to me, and I heard yes, it. Yes, I did. I, I sent it to you. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, perfectly then to what I'm doing now. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're talking electronic voice phenomenon. And, and I had never is, heard that term before until until I had that experience. I had never heard that term before. Yes. Well, right, you're please. one unusual lady because you seem to always, like, jump two steps ahead <laughs> and, and have these things happen in which, you know, most people hear about it, wonder about it, read about it, want to attempt it. It goes on for years, and then maybe they get their first EVP. So you're pretty awesome. Um I will tell you, in my own experience, I had heard about 2006 at a conference, and I was very intrigued, but I will admit that in 2006, I was still a little scared of it, and I didn't have a stunning spirit, so I didn't have the same desire, but last April of 2016, I started recording EVPs myself, and if I ever doubted the constant and ongoing presence of spirit at all, it just has wiped it out 100%. I need only click on the recorder, put on some background sound for Danny to work with, and he's there. Mm. And so are many others, and I am now doing readings for other parents, and um, it is awesome. I mean, it is, it is so I am in still quite a state of shock myself because it's, it's a phenomenal thing. Um, apparently, it started about 60 years ago over in Europe. There was mm. a filmmaker by the name of Friedrich Jorgensen, and Friedrich Jorgensen was uh, recording the sounds of birds in the wilderness for a film he was making. And I guess a day or so later, he was in his studio listening to the recording he made of the bird sounds when he heard human voices coming through the bird sounds and calling out names or saying short statements. And I I understand he, at that point, turns his life in the direction of this kind of investigation. And there are many other scientists that started working on it, some who are continuing to work on it from the other side who's passed over, such as Nikola Tesla, who was quite involved in communication with the other side while he was on the earth. And Mm -hmm. it's just a phenomenal thing that's going on. I was brought into it only six months ago, and Mm -hmm. I am just floored by what a wonderful, wonderful effort we are all making to set up what will be called the soul phone. And yes, I, yes. I, I know that right now it's so very new that, you know, I talk to lots of parents about it and their perspective is more like, uh, you do the reading, Sherry. <laughs> you know, I'm not ready for that yet, but they will be. And uh-huh. I do believe yeah. in the oh, next yeah. 10 years this will become more commonplace because they want it on the other side. You know, yes. I do readings oh, yeah. for parents and they call it the phone already, although we're using our computers to make right. the recording. The kids mm-hmm. always refer to it as the phone. And all the time I get these EVPs that say, I'm on the phone, I'm sharing mm-hmm. the phone, call okay. me, I can yes. call you, get on the phone. Yes. They want it, and they're working very hard on their end to learn mm-hmm. how to use thought to influence sound. And we can use a number of different background sounds that they then, through thought, 
change into audible words. It is an amazing form of communication, and it is happening, and it is going to become something that more and more people will be learning about in the next 10 years, I really believe. Yes. What's and so as amazing. a matter of fact, there, yeah, now just before, I don't want to forget this, there is a okay. conference in Arizona in uh-huh. September of 2017 to teach all forms of ITC, um, and that is all about the different ways that we can communicate through the technology with the other side. There are wow. things such as spirit photography in which people are able to bring through photographs of loved ones on the other side. There are these forms of communication in which full conversations are beginning to happen between loved ones. There are a tremendous amount of parents in Russia who are already doing this, and we're really at the beginning of getting parents and other people missing loved ones involved here now in in this side of the uh, if wow. people are available to come to Scottsdale, Arizona, the weekend of September 15th, 16th, 17th, there mm-hmm. is a conference being held by the Afterlife Research and Education Institute where I will be teaching and wow. so many others that when I'm not teaching, I'm taking classes. But okay. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd be happy to give you the website. Oh, definitely. Um, for the symposium itself that's being held in September, you would go to afterlifestudies.org. And that's just how it sounds, afterlifestudies, D-I-E-S, dot org. And if mm-hmm. you want to check out the AREI website, Afterlife Research and Education Institute, they can go to afterlifeinstitute.org. And um, if anyone is interested in learning, this is going to be a conference dedicated to teaching and getting others started in working with these technologies. And I, for one, think it's wonderful. (laughs) I just love it. Yes. Yes. Well, so also, Susan, like I said, this was the first time this has happened with any of her readings, and she um, is in contact um, with a gentleman, Dr. Gary Schwartz, who is also doing mm-hmm. this kind of research. And so she sent the audio tape to him. And um, oh, cool. I just, yes, yes, yes. I am just so, uh, but to hear, I, I can clearly hear, I can't make out what he's saying, but I can clearly hear Kyle's voice. So, like I said, well, I, know, so, I know it's I, thrilling. Yeah, it's thrilling. Yeah, I, know, I know he's with me, but now to have oh. him on tape, and I sent to all my family, I'm like, okay, you guys don't believe me? <laughs> Listen to this. You know? Well, actually, like, I was able to bring through Danny in his own voice, and that was what really convinced yeah. my husband that I was getting through yeah. to something very real because when you hear mm-hmm. the voice, you yes. can't deny it. On the other hand, yes. those who have been mentoring me have explained to me that if I'm hearing Danny's voice, he, Danny is getting it from a device such as a recording that had been mm-hmm. made while he was here, that he is not speaking through his own personal voice box. He is influencing the background sound. Now, I didn't understand that 
at first until I started playing around with numerous different types of background sounds and seeing how Danny would be Danny no matter what he came through, but he'd sound like the background sound that had been used. If I Uh use human gibberish, it's a more human-sounding EVP. If I use something called Spiritron, which sounds like, Danny sounds Uh like a little girl robot. He's like, So you begin to realize the more you do it that they are working very hard on that end. They mm-hmm. have to, to make right. this come about, but they want their loved ones to have the comfort of right. knowing that death is not an end to your consciousness and right. that, you know, we have been kept in the dark by our religions and our sciences and what would give the breathed the most help has been kept from them. And so it's up to ourselves to educate ourselves so that we can heal. Right. So that, we can, so that we can find what we've lost. Right. True, true. And then find out that we truly haven't lost it. <laughs> that exactly. It's been well, with look, us all the time. We can't them. And yes. well, we haven't lost that they love us and right. that they are by our side. And, 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 and that is spectacular. To say, mm-hmm. you know, to any, to any parent, um, certain potentials that you had hoped for are lost. We can admit that. You know, I'm not going to say well, that to my son Mary. But I'm saying that we can be real. We can, you know, we don't want to figure it. We have them in a different way. And I remember when years ago I was trying to help a woman and I was trying to, you know, get her to go to a medium. And I said, but look, you know, you can connect up with her. And she said, I don't want to connect up with her. I want her here. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I understand. That's what we all want. But this is the next, and Mm -hmm. I believe it is the next best thing. But that doesn't mean that there's never a moment where we don't just miss the physical presence or the potentials of what they might have been had they stayed. But, you know, it's like how long are we going to cry over what we can't have? I'd rather spend my time developing my spirituality so the channel is bigger and stronger so that I can have what at least I can have. Which is right. his feelings, his emotions, his love, his thoughts. Right. His I, I've actually been thinking a lot about that this past week. With when I when I say that, what you just said about people wanting what they can't have. Um, my definition, my definition for suffering of any kind, pain of any kind, right. is, yeah. is 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 resistance to what is. What is is exactly. not. Right, not loving and accepting and appreciating the isness of this now moment, and because truly in truth, all there is is this now moment, and uh, spirit. When when you will focus on true truth, ultimate truth, all there is is mm-hmm. the now, and when we're focused on mm-hmm. the now and loving and appreciating this now moment for exactly what it is not fighting against it, not saying, I wish it was something else. You're absolutely right, but my darling, are you a saint? No, I'm just saying. (laughs) No, no, no. You you know what? You're you're an evolved person, and, you know, because you're absolutely right, but you understand a lot of things that are still very hard for many people to get to. You know, I agree with you. In theory, you're 100% correct. But, you know, Mm -hmm. in the living of the day-to-day, people get, 
caught in all kinds of, it's hard to keep that perspective, you know. Of, well, that's because, why I try to bring them back to that one moment. Just stay right. in the now. Just stay in this yep. now moment. In this now moment. That's all. I said all we have to do is deal, deal with one, one now moment. One moment yes. at a time. No, so well, I don't, I don't, I never say one day at a time. I say one moment at a time. So in this now moment, <laughs> we can focus on, I just said this to a girlfriend last night, and mm-hmm, this, and mm-hmm. every now moment, we can either focus mm-hmm. on something that we're thankful for or focus right. on something we think that we want that we don't have. We can, you can't well, you're do both. absolutely right. You know, you get back to the, the cup half empty or is it half full? Because yes. we all have things that we could see as the half empty. But, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, we, because this is life. There's, you know, you get, there's always a little of the yin and the yang. You know, you're, mm-hmm. there's loss, mm-hmm. there's birth, there's health, there's mm-hmm. sickness. And so naturally, um, mm-hmm. we all get our share. If you live a long life, you're going to get your share of, of a little of everything. So the mm-hmm. question is, how do you how do you hold that? And the other thing that I came upon somehow came to me years ago, and it really made a difference when I said, you know, there's two ways to look at things, especially when you're, you know, trying to get a grip. And, you know, some people will look at everything and say, well, what's in it for me? And when you come mm-hmm. from that perspective, you're kind mm-hmm. of always coming from hunger. Like you're coming from the perspective of, all right, there's a situation and I better see what's in it for me or I might not get my peace. But if you come to it, everything from how can I help, you're right. never without things to do. Uh-huh. Because it, it, because yeah. it, when it's focused more on just me and my own problems, it's very hard to be happy. <laughs> it somehow right. leaves you separate. You separate yourself off from others. You Feeling sorry for yourself brings about a separating of ourselves from others. And then right. often loneliness engulfs us. But when you come from how can I help, you feel uh-huh. yourself. It, it was yes. amazing to me because on days when I was very sad about Sandy, someone uh-huh. might contact me for spiritual healing or, or something that they were going through, and I began to realize that as soon as I took my mind off myself and put uh-huh. it on helping someone else, exactly. I didn't feel so bad anymore. And so, again, there's uh-huh. also this thing of realizing that we all suffer. And if, uh-huh. you, you know, if, all, if you're with friends and family who haven't lost anyone dear to them, they have to live with the fear, whether they're in denial or not, that they could. I mean, we're all in this impermanent realm trying to get solid ground under our feet when it's always shifting and moving. And the harder mm-hmm. we grip that rope, the worse the rope burns on our hands. So mm-hmm. we, it's almost like to get a grip, you must loosen your grasp. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a real paradoxical thing. You know, I think mm-hmm. we were all caught in a way when we were growing up, like, grab those reins tighter, you know, Hold on to your life and, you know, really. And, and the, the truth is, if you want to get a grip and not go crazy, you kind of have to lighten up and loosen right. your grasp and your demand that things have to be thus and so. And it's like what you're saying about what is. Okay, this right. is what is. It may not even be your choice. But if it's what right. is, you can either grab that rope and hold on tight, try to pull it the other way, and get tremendous right. rope burns all throughout your system. Just lighten up a little bit, you know, and just say, okay, you know. Well, for me, the isness is the flow of life. And for me, just going with the flow of life, it will amaze you. You don't know where the flow of life is going to take you. Uh, You have no idea. Well, that's for damn sure. 
you know, on the other hand, look, there are times, well, I mean, you don't know, and sometimes it's not so great. And, look, I mean, the diagnosis tomorrow of pancreatic cancer, I'm to be honest with you, I wouldn't say, well, it's the moment in hell, man, it's the flow of life. I'd be upset. So, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to just deny my humanity. There are things in this life that are going to make us sad. Um, death is one of them. Very bad news, you know. There's, there's some pretty there's some pretty tough challenges down here, and and I don't think it's it's wrong to at times be sad and at times cry. Oh eyes no, not at all. To, you know? Not at all. But you have, you have to, to feel, get to a point yes. where you have you to get feel to a point where yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and you know the the sky wouldn't hold back its rain. You know you mm-hmm. do yourself an injustice when you don't have an honesty of emotion. I feel like hell. Oh, oh, definitely. But, no, no, but, no. See, I get wait, wait. Let me just, Sherry, no, I don't mean about, no, I, I never mean to, I'm not saying that people should not feel their emotions. That's the most important thing to do is to feel your emotions um, and to experience your emotions. Stuck. Right. Not, yeah. I think well, you're saying yeah. that when you have a choice to fight it and grip on tight. Right. Just kind of lighten your grasp a little bit because, like you said, the greatest pain comes when you're resisting it because not now not only do you have exactly. a situation you don't like, but you have the situation you don't like and you're resistant. So you yes. actually, there's pain and then you're, then there's suffering. You know, the suffering's all your resistance right. to it. Right. So I but mean, no, I as far as emotion, yes, it's, it's very important. Be, yep. Yep. Yeah, to experience Absolutely. and show your emotions, yes. That is definitely yeah, so not you know, that because power. We, yeah. yeah. We're going to feel yeah. it sometimes. I mean, yeah. we, we are going to yeah. feel it. And you never even know sometimes when something in life just hits you out of the blue, you don't even expect it, and up comes right. a well of emotions. But, right. you know, right. we, are, we are human, and but we have all I, kinds of feelings. Right. I'm also learning, though, that every challenge is a blessing in disguise. And I know and it, it, it's, it's just the, the way we look at things, and it's the way society yes, has right. taught us. But every challenge is a blessing in disguise when we don't see. I don't attach to the illusion. I stay focused on ultimate truth. And, and, you know, other people are getting, you know, people are growing and getting there. So when I say... Um, don't get attached to the illusion when you understand you are spirit. Like you said, you're, we're a spirit having a temporary physical experience of our own creation. And it is our creation. Even though, you know, things happen when it's like, I didn't create that. Yes, you did. If it happened, you created it because you, you're, you're co-creating this, this experience with the divine. We're, we're all one with God, we're, and we're never separate from God. So when we understand the truth of who we are and the truth of what, what we're experiencing, you can. I understand now the peace that surpasses all understanding that, that Jesus spoke of in the Bible. The peace that surpasses all understanding comes with the knowledge of self, the know thyself, know that you are God. You are one with God. You are a part of God, can never be separated from God. What does God have to fear? 
nothing. So God has nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. So I I hear what you're saying, but for me, I take I I stay attached to what I know in my heart is ultimate truth, and the illusion. I just say it's an illusion. It's a drama of our own creation. But everybody's all truly, in truth, everybody's fine. Everybody's divine. Everybody's a part of God. So they're in truth. The only place where where pain and suffering exists is in the mind of man. That's that's the only place well, where it exists. You know, whether you how do you speak to them? You know, the the concept of people born um, in a very bad life situation um, who are living, you know, really, really difficult lives. Um, you know, I think it's pretty hard for them to get to this point of that you're talking about. I mean, you know, I, um, a book I would recommend, your, your Soul's Plan, by Robert I know Schwartz. all he about was, those books, my dear. You, I, I was a chef back in the seventies. I know okay. all about it. Chef, chef okay. has written those books, and I know the whole oh, theory, okay. and I know I know okay. all about soul choice. And you know what I say to all of it? It's a hypothesis, uh-huh. and I don't really know for sure anything. I know only one thing for sure, and that's that uh-huh. personality definitely survives death, and that uh-huh. death that death is to the body not to the soul. Right. And exactly. all these and we're, other and we're not our bodies. that everybody has about God, this, karma, that, soul choice, this, I call them hypotheses, and I say, what do we really know for sure? I mm-hmm. I used to teach that stuff, the, the secret, um, mm-hmm. Abraham Hicks, um, uh-huh. the whole, the laws of attraction. I started teaching those things in the 1970s in Manhattan. Okay. And mm-hmm. I was one of the first people to, um, you know, sell those concepts and believe those concepts. And I now believe they're vastly oversimplified. Um, I think there's more to it than any one truth. I think mm-hmm. we don't know anything for absolute sure. What I know for sure is that there is a spirit and it does not die when the body dies. But exactly what role God plays, exactly what role free will plays, exactly what role astrology plays, exactly what role the higher self plays. To me, I leave that into the realm of don't know because Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure. And if I don't know something for sure, I just say that. I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. I choose to believe that because since I think nobody knows anything for sure anyway, I will choose to believe that which is life-giving and Mm life-supportive. So I choose to believe that my soul chose to take on all the illness I took on in order to be a healer. And I choose Mm -hmm. to believe that my son, you know, um, that my son may have had a higher purpose in leaving this world as early as he did. But uh-huh. do I know any of that as a fact? Would I put my life on the line for any of that as a fact? Hell no, because uh-huh. I don't know it as a fact. And I don't right. care if it's a ghost who channeled you this material. Just like Seth said to us, right. don't let any man or ghost or anyone tell you this is the one truth because there is no one truth. And when right. someone tells you this is the truth, they're telling you that something else is false. 
and they're structuring your trip and they're telling you what it is. And now we're organizing the spiritual world now. Now we have a folk voice and it's this and it's angels when they die and everybody's happy. And the new age I have a problem with because it refuses to see its own shadow. If we can pray and bless and send healing and heal people, people, I guess, can stick needles and voodoo dolls and hurt people. And Mm -hmm. I don't understand why we still have such hatred and prejudice and and such narrow ways of judging one another. That, you Mm -hmm. know what, it's all beautiful. But Mm -hmm. I give in the question rather than saying I know all the answers because I'm baffled by (laughs) what I see. And, right. You know, well, I on, on this show, I just encourage everyone to go within. Because I always say, I'm not a teacher. My my whole my whole goal is just to inspire um, everyone to tap in what's true for them within well, that's them. Great. That, Super. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I always say, no, truth I mean, can't be found on the outside. It can only be found within. And when you tap into that truth that is within you and live your truth, because everybody's truth is different. Everybody's going to live their truth differently. So as long as they're tapping into what's true for them and not well, As long as they're what, being real know, and authentic to who they are, because the fact exactly. is what you believe to be true today, you yes. may not believe to be true tomorrow. I mean, when exactly. I was 16, I believed that all this spiritual stuff was baloney. When I yes. was... When I when I turned 20, I believed that dealing with medical doctors in the Western world was a complete travesty, and the only way to deal with illness was through spiritual healing. And then mm-hmm. I had a recurrence of Crohn's disease. If people buy the first book, they'll hear this whole story, how I fell from mm-hmm. grace. I was the healing teacher. I knew everything. And all of a sudden, I realized that what I knew was paper sin. And it wasn't all that simple to just think healthy. Mm-hmm. It was so easy to just change what you thought and change your ALS or your fourth-stage cancers or whatever else. So easy. A lot more people would be curing their cancers and not by using chemotherapy. It's not that easy. And, well, you know, well, but so when I, you, I'm when not you... saying that I wouldn't strive for it. I would. Right. I'm just saying we've oversimplified these things. And I got um, to the point when well, I had my recurrence where I wouldn't uh-huh. have any compassion for myself because I was uh-huh. so angry that I had fallen from grace, that I had let myself get sick again, that when I had pain, I didn't have any compassion for myself. I was just angry at myself. There's a lot of ways that we can hurt ourselves by uh-huh. carrying all this stuff to a point where anytime something goes wrong, you created it, your kid killed yourself. I guess you created that too. I mean, this you create your own reality stuff can get awfully, it's an awfully difficult tightrope to walk. Because unless your life is going really but good. But when, when you say that, for me, it's, it's uh, the ultimate freedom. If I create it, then I can uncreate it. For me, well, can it's you the ultimate freedom. Can you, huh? Certain, no, certain he, that was good. Yes, but... His choice—that was his soul's choice—and I know that. Oh, and I said, I said that earlier that I know that that he and I um, planned that 
experience that we went through, we planned it before my incarnation, before our incarnation. It was a plan. It was a soul plan. Okay, I understand that that's a belief that people hold, and it may be very true, and I hope it is. Uh I hope Danny and I have had the same soul plan. I'm just saying I don't know that as a fact. I just know it as a theory. In the same way that I don't know if I got serious cancer tomorrow and if it was me who created it that I could make it go away. You see, and that's why I'm saying these theories can be tough on people because then they have cancer and then instead of being responsible, they feel so responsible for creating their cancer, they can't be responsible to their cancer or to themselves. They're just angry at themselves. Look what I did. I created but cancer. But it's- the anger, being angry and all those all those lower vibration emotions are, are not going to help the situation. Of course they're when, not, when they're I say, When I say that okay. it's, for me, it's most liberating, it's liberating to know that I'm creating my reality because whatever happens, I own it. And then I know if, if, something, if it's something that I want to change, then I know I can change it. I don't have to well, depend on anyone else to change it. I, so I, for I me, believe I can. Very, I, well, I, I, I hear you. I just I believe that I can change my reaction and how I deal with things, but I don't think I can create the actions of all the people around me and all the other things I'll interact with. Oh, no, no. Everything. That's actually, so, actually what you just said, your reaction and how how you re- your reaction responds. Right, that I can is, that is my power. Right, my and power. that's the yes. key. That's right there. That's right there. And how you perceive it, you know, instead of not getting angry at it, but understanding, okay, if I, I created this cancer, I take ownership of it. So now I know that by raising my vibration, because everything's vibration, and by raising my vibration, I can, take, I can heal myself. My body can heal itself by raising well, my vibration. Um, on The Secret, it showed, you mentioned the uh, movie The Secret, it showed a lady who healed herself from cancer through laughter. She she made and she I, watched I, every I, comedy I, that she could. I, I understand. So did Norman Cousins. I've read. I could have written the book, and at one time mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> Let me just tell you that I can tell you just as many cases that were used that type of methodology, and many other good things, and didn't. I'm just saying it's a little simplified. That's all. Okay, I think it's a beautiful theory. I understand what you're saying, and it is very empowering, but it's also a very difficult tightrope to be on because sometimes things happen that um, you people end up, it engenders guilt in people. You create your own reality as a reactionary statement. You can't hear it without reacting, and so you are happy with yourself when things, it's very hard to be happy with what is if, you feel responsible for every little thing that happens because when things are going well, hey, you know, I used to think I was a goddess for years. I mean, I'd gotten cured of my illnesses. I'd adopted children. My husband was making money. The whole story's in that first book. Uh-huh. And I said, hey, man, you know, I create my own reality. I just, I, I've got it together. And when I had that recurrence of Crohn's, it was for me. So worse than the fact that I was sick again was a I had let it happen, and I didn't have any compassion for myself. And I just think that it's bigger than it, it's just bigger than that. It's, it's oversimplified, and so you're on this tightrope. Where as long as you're creating things the way you want, if things are going the way you want, you can feel good about yourself. But my work is about helping people to feel good about themselves, no matter what. 
And yeah. I think there well, are things exactly. in life that will happen yeah. that I don't know if they were, you know, if they were created by. I don't think that my son's death was not created by me. Did I choose as his mother before this life to let this happen? Maybe. Like I said, it's a hypothesis. It's interesting. But the bottom line is that I did not, on a conscious level, create that reality. Um, And if I believed I did, it would have been harder for me at the time to live with because I would have, it would have engendered guilt on my part. Why, well, would not, I, no. why would I give myself this disease? Why would I, mm-hmm. you know, have this car accident? What's wrong with me? What are my beliefs that I would, you know, get fired from this job? It's like sometimes things just happen. That's how I see but you, it now. You had and, said that, you know, we are not the body, right? So you know that we're not the body. And right, this, right. this physical reality isn't real. Well, but what's very real to us when we're experiencing it. Yeah, it right, and and only thing, and like you 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 had mentioned about how you react to it. That's the key. So it's not that. So these things that we're creating, how we respond to them is key. That kind of um, indicates our awakening because we want to have a more of a high vibration response. We don't want to well, have. Of uh, well, a response do, of anger or, you know. So the high vibration response is going to transmute love. Like I said, love is the key to everything. So if we respond to everything with love, it's going to transmute the situation. So it's not a well, matter your of mouth, fear. Your mouth to God's ears. So I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I know I not, hear you and I, I yeah. love it. I've just look. I've I've lived a long time and I've seen it go always. And uh-huh. I just think that you know I just have some questions that I I'm not fully able to satisfy. You know, and so I just put in the question. Uh-huh. I, you know, I I think there is some oversimplification and some difficulty with those ideas because I've seen the flip side of what people how people, you know, what they can do to themselves when they feel that they are responsible for every single thing that happens to them. I think that they end up being very hard on themselves. And, well, that's you know, not, I've seen definitely it. not what I'm encouraging. My encouragement is No, I'm not is saying to, you are. I'm oh, not okay. saying that okay. can do that. I know. You're, I think you're just trying to help everybody, you know. Yeah. Well, just, it. To, just to stay in that moment of, in that moment, just respond to everything with love because love is the key and everything is love it's all you know and you know it's just a matter of taking one moment at a time and not overthinking it so um you know just what what is at that moment Mm -hmm. love it you know love it and respond with love and and go you know every moment to moment that way living life that way and um that's just like right now. I can tell you, I'm 54 mm-hmm. years old. I've lost my only son, but I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life right now because this is the first time in my life I'm living my truth. I'm living my mm-hmm. passion. I'm following my passion. I'm following spirit's guidance, and I know that everything that happens is, happens is for my highest good because mm-hmm. it's counted. Count it all joy, and I understand now the peace that surpasses all understanding because I understand 
who I am and how I relate to all that is. And for me, that just gives me peace. And I know you say you don't like the oversimplification of it, but I say on this show all the time, I like to keep it simple. I mean, I, I actually awoken to the truth of oneness through quantum physics, which can get very mm-hmm. complicated. <laughs> but, I and I've had many many scientists on this show. But I like to keep it simple. I like to make, you know, make it understandable for the masses and not all the masses can understand all those quantum physics, you know, uh, Calculus, math, what, you know, math. I, when I say I yeah. think it's oversimplified, I'm saying I think what's oversimplified is when people say you create your own experience. I think that's gotten oversimplified to a point where people end up getting themselves into pickles when things, it's, again, they put themselves in on a tightrope in which they are harder on themselves when things like death or illness or things things they don't want come into the picture because they now feel that if they loved themselves enough, they wouldn't have the cancer or different things like uh-uh. that. And I, I'm well, just saying there's other levels. Uh-huh. There's other levels to things. Then again, what about soul choice then? Let's say it was soul choice that someone made to take on an illness at a certain point in their life. But now they're being told that, you know, it's, it's their... It's their belief, the way they view life, you know, they're the energy they're carrying in the moment that broke their body down. And there's a lot of, the theories contradict each other in a lot of ways at times as well. So I, when I say that it's oversimplified, I just say there's layers to all this. And to just mm-hmm. be easy on yourself, above all. Oh, yeah. It's, just because, it's all, it's all about yourself. self-love. It, love comes from, you have to love yourself first. Exactly. Because everything but, comes know, from within. Yep. So no, you have to love they have to to love someone else. You yeah. have to love self, you know. So no it question. all starts with no self. Question. No question. Self love. No matter what you believe, you know whether you believe that you're the creator of it, or you believe that God does it, or you believe it's mm-hmm. karma, or you believe it's a grand mystery. No matter what you believe, I do think that honoring yourself is the first, the most important step in any peace of mind and any mm-hmm. any satisfying life because Definitely. if you do not Definitely. if you if you put yourself out of your heart, you're hurting. And you know, oh, yes. you, you give definitely. you know, you can't give what you don't have. <laughs> so yes. oh, if definitely. you don't have, you know, love for yourself, how in the world can you give it to another? Exactly. But for me that I so learned to love myself, you know, without having it myself. I I used to feel like I couldn't love myself unless I really thought I understood everything. And I've lived to a point where now I realize I don't fully understand a lot of things. I, 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 I remember coming to a point where I was very shook up because I thought for years I just knew how the universe worked, and then I wasn't so sure I knew anymore, and I really felt like I had lost my grip. And then I started reading what's called in, in Buddhist concepts, Don't Know Mind, and mm-hmm. they talk about... Um, how, you know, the thinking mind loves to know and put everything, you know, in, into terms it can understand, but that, you know, if we couldn't, if we had truth, we couldn't even put it into words. And Seth once said mm-hmm. to us, the truth is unutterable. You know, even mm-hmm. our attempts, once we start defining it, we put it down to something smaller than in actuality mm-hmm. it really is, because that's just, mm-hmm. they say we only use 10% of our brains. I would sit and wonder what's going on with the other 90%. <laughs> but... 
you know. But clearly, when I say oversimplify, I don't mean I want to make people I don't that I want my life to be complicated, or I encourage anyone to complicate their life. I'm saying that I believe the truth is unutterable. And when we say, well, it's this or it's this or it's this, that may be the way it is. But I just don't know. And I love the concept, don't know mine, because I stopped trying to. I I, I could then embrace myself with what I could understand and what I couldn't understand. And mm-hmm. and you know. Um, I, I also love something called the empty boat theory, which is that you know if you're if if, if you're if you're traveling around the world, let's say you're traveling in the universe to gain knowledge of what's the universe, and you know you've got your boat that you travel in, and you've got every single corner you know well stacked and neatly arranged with all the things you know and you believe that when you come to a foreign shore, and there's something totally new presented, you may not have a lot of room in your boat to take it in, so. I kind of live in more of the don't know mind. I mean, I know there's a uh-huh. realm beyond this, and I know I'm spirit, but all these things about this right. is what makes this happen, and this is, I don't know for sure. I used to think uh-huh. I did. Now I uh-huh. don't know, but that's okay with me, because what I do that's know is okay. I'm here, you know, uh-huh. and and my being is good, and that I don't need to put everything into words that I can understand. Some things uh-huh. are not otherable or able to be brought down into words and then I just mm-hmm. live in that every day I'll discover something new maybe and learn something new and mm-hmm. um, what matters to me most is kindness um, you know compassion for others Doing the, and, and, and I have this saying that was said first by Arthur Ashe he was a tennis player African American yes. man yes. and mm-hmm. he said start where you are use what you have do what mm-hmm. you have and, you know, that's just kind of how I feel. It's like I don't think I know what truth is. I do think the truth is unutterable, and it's kind of a grand mystery. But within that, I will use what I have, and I will do what I can, and I will do the best that I can. I'm not gonna, when I was younger and I was a chess teacher, I'd say, I'm going to create X, Y, and Z, and then I'm going to be happy. And now I say, whatever happens, I'll show up if I'm up to it, <laughs> and I'll do the best <laughs> I can. And right. I just find it easier to live that way because right. it's just easier for me. But, you know, uh-huh. whatever makes it easier for people to breathe and and live their life with some peace is fine, you know, as long as we harm right. no one and always endeavor to better others if we can, help others. And that's, you know, they asked the Dalai Lama what his religion was, and he didn't get into a whole trip about Buddhism. He said, my religion is compassion. And, um, no, he said, my religion well, is Well, I was just going to say that. Kindness. My whole, mm-hmm. my whole, everything, my truth is one word, L-O-V-E, love. Right. That's my truth. That's it. Yep. I can, I can yep. boil it down into one word. Mhm. Exactly. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't mean to say when I say something's oversimplified that people now need to, you know, complicate their lives. Just that I think truth is oversimplified because we've we've now put it into words, and I just think it is unutterable. It's we don't mm-hmm. we don't get it all. Sometimes you know you have like a dream, and in the dream you're working on some major like project. I'll be doing these enormous. Setups and in the dream, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I, 
I don't have to even write this down. I mean, I've been here before, and I know what it is, and I'll, I'll know, I'll understand it. And when I come out of the dream, I have no idea what I was talking about. And yet, whenever I go back into that dream, it's always familiar. It's like there's things we know we can't translate down into, you know, a bumper sticker or into a truth. You know, it, it's, it, it's just to be experienced. So I, I try to live in the experience as you do. And, um, you know, again, be, be, have, have ultimate compassion and kindness for myself and others because it ain't always easy to be here in the flesh. You know, it can be, it can be tough on people. You know, they've got, in the world today, in this country, when you have 1% having all the money and 99% of people really struggling, you know, I mean, people struggle in this world. So, um, you know, it's, it's well, not too easy for them all. You know, what I try to do is just to encourage um, people to change, to shift their perspective. So I, I just, my, I stopped watching news uh, 16 years ago, and I just, my perspective is always trying to be, look at the positive. I know in every now moment there's a blessing, so I look for that blessing, and so I try to share that perspective with others mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we can look. You know, look for the blessing because what's happening is happening for your highest good. See, I trust in the higher, highest, my I, I refer to it as my higher self, which is a part of me. I, mm-hmm. Me in the physical realm, um, you could call me the lower self, but the higher self is a part of me. And if I just quiet my mind, see, the mind can get us in a lot of trouble, I think, when we quiet oh, yeah. our mind. Just like you were saying about, you know, listening to Danny and Kyle, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the same thing, to listen to our highest, uh, our soul, our higher self, we have to quiet the mind. And when we quiet the mind, we can sometimes hear that inspiration that our higher self is asking us to try this or try that. And so when I do that, I just, you know, wonderful things happen, amazing things happen that I could never plan. That's why I say I just that's how I describe going with mm-hmm. the flow of life. And when things happen that I didn't plan that, you know, especially this, this holiday week because you see family that you haven't seen in years, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you, you come in contact with people that you don't normally come with in contact with mm-hmm. family, quote, unquote, um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and um things happen. Things happened that just this past week that I was like, Whoa you know, but mm-hmm. um so when things happen like that I just say to myself, you know, um, I just have to now know and I, I can see how I've changed where I don't react to those situations mm-hmm. like I used to. Mm-hmm. I just sometimes I'll just sit back and observe. I say, okay, I'm going to observe this. I'm not going to react to it at all, you know. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm saying. So because, um, yeah, these things do happen, but it's how we react and how we respond and how we can keep our vibration at a higher vibration because the, vi- the vibration mm-hmm. we give off is what's going to attract um, experiences to us. So, and I, and definitely mm-hmm. don't you know, don't take on a guilt or a, you know, anything like that. I'm not, you know, not encouraging anyone mm-hmm. to, but, but for me, I say it all the time. Me owning mm-hmm. my experience is, to, for me, is a sense of empowerment. 
and a sense of freedom. Right. Because I'm like, well, I, yeah. You know, I understand in the sense that if you assign the responsibility to everything wrong in your life, to outside causes, mm-hmm. you're not in any position to change any of them because you right. gave the power to something outside yourself. So, right. you know, right. naturally right. there are there are areas in our lives that only we can affect the outcome. But, mm-hmm. they, you know, I, I wasn't talking about, you know, so much those instances of instances right. such as, let's say, the loss of your son or the loss of my son where, Right. You know, we weren't going to, in the best intentions, hold them here because that's what we wanted. It, yes, how we right. react to their passing. We could go in a room and shut a door and never come out. Or we right. could do what many people do, which is start learning and educating themselves as to where is their mm-hmm. child and is their child okay and finding that their child, right. in fact, is and learning so yes. many things they'd never known before. So, you know, oh how we respond to the things that happen to us is mm-hmm. very much in our right. hands and nobody else's. I'm talking about yes. some of the things that happen to us. And, right. you know, well, when um, we Jerry, start getting we have, into... We have, a, we have a caller. We have... Oh, so why did he go? I, that, I know. He just, he just disappeared. Caller? Uh, there was a caller with a question, and now he's gone. Okay, well, he maybe he'll call, call back. back. In a minute. Oh. Yeah, maybe he got disconnected. Yeah. He might have got yeah, disconnected. Okay. No one called right. to say hello, all my friends yeah. out there. Is anybody going to call yes. and say hi? Well, I, I was just about, Tell there was about a caller with his hand up, and I guess he, maybe he felt we weren't going to come to him or her. Don't know. I don't know gender. All I see is phone numbers. But um, mm-hmm. caller, uh, I was just about to take your question, and now you're gone. So maybe... Maybe they accidentally got disconnected. So uh, well, if you call, they'll call back call if back. they wish. But uh, yes, I'd and if anybody, let me just put put out the number. If anybody is interested in asking Sherry a question, our uh, the number to call is three four seven eight five seven one zero eight three. Oh my glasses! <laughs> I'll say that again. Really. <laughs> three four three four seven. Eight five seven one zero eight three. If you have a question, okay. Sorry, I didn't. Mean, I, I was only cutting you off because uh, I was going to take take that question, and the the right. caller uh, is gone. Okay, it happens. But, um, so, what can we do? Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying maybe they'll, they'll call not, back. I guess. I'm okay, not even so sure you, where we were. I'm not um, even sure where we were. No, oh, but, I know. Um, <laughs> you were ju- you were just saying that how we react. You were saying, I remember, oh, you were saying that yeah. how we respond <laughs> is totally in our control. Um, right, obviously, and, yes. you know, but right. um, I don't feel that we, you know, the things that come at us from the all the other people we interact with and all the other things going on in the world around us, um, I don't. I don't believe that we are in control of each and every one of those things, and we are in control of how we will deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we, that, how we respond, right? Mm-hmm. How we mm-hmm. respond and, and what we do about it. But mm-hmm. I've seen people with the most open heart trying the most innovative healing techniques. Who one who died of ALS in the usual two-year time that it takes, trying everything, mm-hmm. most open-hearted gentle health food restaurant, man who owned his own health food restaurant, ate well, 
had more love in his heart, maybe it was his time to go. But it gets very contradictory then. Was he right. choosing it? Was he? Was it that it was already set up ahead of time? That's why I say I just was in the question. I don't know. And I don't okay. know any man or ghost that absolutely does know, but I don't have to know. All I have right. to know is that I'm not going to be annihilated to death, that my mm-hmm. loved ones are still, you know, have, have gone on, that, that I will right. be that I will be sustained in this reality or the next, and there's nothing to be afraid of. If, you're, if, you, uh, if you have love in your heart, it will carry you through this world into the next, and you will be fine. And, yes. Yes. When, you yes. know, and, and that's yes. enough to know, you know, that, that we mm-hmm. go on and that we, are, we stay connected. Love never dies. And we are, I, I see myself and my son as in two worlds, but we're still one family. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I see. I, I, because everything, I'm so grounded in my belief in oneness that I know that Kyle and I are in the same world. I just can't mm-hmm. see him, but I know he's well, right yes, with me. I mean, yes. Well, there's yes. a song that Bill Collins from the Tarzan movie called Two Worlds. Oh, and also, and I wanted what, to mention. I want to let the listeners know that also we, uh, Kyle and Danny, transitioned. On the same date, different years. Yeah, July but, one. Uh, yes, July first. Both my son July Kyle 1st. transitioned on July first, two thousand and fourteen, and Danny transitioned on July first, two thousand and eight. So there's so many, and yeah. I believe the two of them are together right now, definitely, because we're together. Well, what, so they're together. well, but I, yeah, I am told that there's quite a looping effect between when we meet up here and they meet up there. I would love to tell any listeners that don't know about the prayer registry, if you are a bereaved parent, um, the prayer registry is a free service for all bereaved parents. Um, Every child registered with the prayer registry has his or her name printed on the prayer registry calendars on their passing date. The prayer registry calendars are at my website, which is sherrypearl.com. That's S-H-E-R-I-P-E-R-L. And then every year on the child's passing date, their name is sent out to all the parents who are on the prayer team, and that is what I call all the parents of the children who were registered. They all get an email letting them know who's due for prayer the next day. And then we also have other aspects to the prayer registry such as a photo gallery of our kids and a prayer site where there's an audio and written prayer posted daily for the children being held in prayer that day. So it's an ongoing honoring of our children that helps the parents very much get through the passing date. Unfortunately, because people don't know how to deal with death in our society, very often they do nothing on passing dates for the families. Um, you know, the, people often forget the day your child or loved one passed, but if they remember, they often don't pick up the phone because they don't know if they'll upset you. There's all kinds of reasons. They're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So what the prayer registry does is it ensures that no one goes through that day without knowing that others have acknowledged their child, said a prayer for their child, and sent a prayer to them. So Mm -hmm. if anyone feels the need to join our little prayer pool and have their child 
sent mass prayer every year on their passing date and to join the prayer team. They can easily do that. Um, can either go to my website and at the very bottom of the welcome, I guess it's at the very bottom. If you go to my website, there's mm-hmm. a sidebar on the left-hand side of the page. The first right. thing listed there is the prayer registry. If you hit on that, it will bring up the calendars. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you can put in the name. It will give you the information, and I'll get it that way. Um, right. There is also the Grieving Parents Handbook that is a free download at my website, and it was written by myself and other members of the prayer registry who've lost children, and they share how they got through. It's a small pamphlet that's very helpful and supportive, especially if you're newly bereaved, and it's there mm-hmm. to be downloaded for free at sherryperl.com. And mm-hmm. if you continue down that little sidebar on the left-hand page, you'll come to the prayer registry forum, which is where I post EVPs, messages, okay. through electronic voice phenomenon. There's got to be hundreds up there right now. So anyone wow. that wants to hear those messages can just go to sherryperl.com, and go to the sidebar, and you'll see the prayer registry forum. Hit on that, and you will hear electronic voice phenomenon messages. Right. Mm, beautiful. Wonderful, wonderful. So there's a lot going yeah. on over there, and anybody's yeah. welcome. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think I, I truly believe that um, for people that, anyone that has lost a loved one, if they understand that the loved one is not gone. I say, like I said to my mom before she passed in um, March of 2011, I said to my mom, there is no death, and I believe that. Um, there, you know, there, I used, I like to use the word transition. It's just them going into another room. Um, we can't see them anymore, but right. they can still no, we can't see, yeah, see they us, can apparently, because Danny hasn't missed anything. Um, right. I want to tell you oh. that I just got a note from someone on Facebook telling me uh, she wrote, uh-huh. Hi, listening to the show, when you dial the number 347-857-1083, you immediately get connected to the show, but not to someone you can ask a question. Is there something they need to do when they get through to the number? It's like um, they're hearing it. That well, okay, well, I do see, well, like I said, when, when they... Um, Call the number. There should be like a they press one or something to raise their hand. But um, we do have two caller on two callers. Okay, I didn't know well, if they were just listening. But let's yeah okay. So let's bring on a caller. All righty. Okay. I am turning on. Okay, caller from seven six three area code. Your mic is on. Seven six three area code. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hi. 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 Do you have a okay, question I'm for us? Sure. I'm on, yeah, I'm on Bluetooth in my car, so are you guys getting a weird echo or anything? No, you no, sound fine. Sound what's, what's your name? What's your Here name? It's Kirsten. Kirsten Millen. Okay. Hi, baby. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. I'm actually in the, I'm in Minnesota. I'm in the, I pulled over because I was going to call in a, a Target parking lot here. <laughs> It's freezing. This is one of my people, uh, Caroline. This is, this is the lady awesome. I know pretty well through through, through our motherhoods. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank right. you for calling, darling. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I, you know, I'm listening, and um, 
You know, uh, I was going to say that, you know, Sherry had done an EVP for me. No, Alex left. I hate saying that. I haven't gotten myself to say die. But um, um, October 24th, 15, so a little over a year, right? Yeah. And um, and so she did the EVP, and, you know, one of my first things that I said was, you know, how – I want to know how he was, and I will tell you that the first answer was definitely Alex's voice. Now, I played it for someone, my mom, who had no, she has no idea what EVP is, and she goes, well, how did you get Alex's voice on there? And um, I just thought that was interesting, and um, that my mom recognized his voice, although she knows nothing, of course, of EVP, and um, wow! And then, wow! Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, to hear that—that's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Well, wow. he, yeah, and, and then he also said, um, "Remember, obviously, 14 months ago, none of this was any of my reality. N- of course, you know, nothing. Of course. You know, it's completely. It would be weird, frankly. Yep. It would all be kind yep. of weird. <laughs> so, I'm sure. And." Right, and also he had said in the same EVP, he said, I will bring you lunch. Now, that may Mm. seem uh, random and weird, but I know uh, the last thing I did for Alex, the last time I saw him, uh, I brought him lunch. So he he died of a, there's that word, fentanyl heroin overdose, and um, he was doing well, and the day before I I brought him lunch, I I found my text. Right, I said, do you want me to bring you lunch? I'll bring you chili or cold pork, whatever it was. And he right. goes, yes. So the last time I saw him, I brought him lunch. So you see, that makes sense, doesn't it? Not only mm-hmm. that, you yes. told me that you thought very, very often you would think about that day and how you brought him lunch. So it not only makes yes. sense. It's such a beautiful validation of him letting you know, identifying that to you, that he remembers it too, you know, that you brought him his lunch. And it, 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 it was, right. I was so touched by that. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it's like so evidential. And, you know, what it ends up being is evidential. I mean, it's not yeah. that it was uh, yeah. because, of course, that's I remember him walking back into work and turning around with that beautiful smile and waving. Oh. And it was raining really hard, so he had to get in the car with me instead of grab his lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And he it's, got in the car mm-hmm. and he hugged me. See, I can't yeah. even believe, you know, that I'm talking yes. about yeah. my kid in this past. I don't know, baby. You know, I know. You know, I was, I was concerned when we did the reading. I, you know... For some reason, something moves me to contact you and say, yes, we'll do the reading. And then I realized it was so close to the passing, you know, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show they don't need to sit in the bar, though, for six years or anything. But he came right. through loud right. and clear. But I also mm-hmm. realized it was so very new. And, you know, this is that's the thing. It's never going to be easy for us. But the more we connect with him, the more we strengthen our spirit, the more we'll realize that it makes no sense to attach to the parts of ourselves that are impermanent. Because right. the spirit is yeah. permanent, and that's with you and will always be with you. And that's what we have to take from this, you know. We are going where they are. Thank God. <laughs> but that's yeah, right. you know, yeah. yeah. And, and just, just remember that he's thing. with you. 
Yes, I just wanted to yeah. say and remember he he is with you because I I feel my son all the time. I do, and we jo- I joke with him still, <laughs> and we laugh. Yeah. And you have those yes. moments where you're like completely like, okay, I'm, I'm not okay with it, but you both understand what I mean. And you're like, oh, okay. Yes. So, and then, you know, like talking to you now, I'm just. I know. I really understand. across the parking lot in the house, and um, I can't believe we're talking about my kids. So, it's um, I know, other people's I know, kids, babe. yes, mm-hmm. but not our own. It's very surreal and so. It's helpful to connect daily and to remember these things. Otherwise, it's so hollow, you know. I do know. I absolutely do know. And, and you know, there's not a parent listening that doesn't know and who hasn't been in, you know, moments where the, the sheer physical loss, the smell, the these are our babies. We're still mammals, you know. We're we're we're, we're spirit. But we're also right. a mammal. When we, in, as mm-hmm. a mother, the mother that you know, this the flesh of your child you love. But mm-hmm. we have to, yeah. to attach to those things that are permanent. We, we we attach to the impermanent, and our agony is so great. But like I was saying earlier, you look at your, you know, we looked at our children, and and when they had, after they had passed, and we took one look at Danny, and we said, he's gone. His body was right there. His arms mm-hmm. were right there. His face was right there. But we knew he was gone. Right. What was gone? What was gone? The body was right there. What was gone was the essence that once looked out at us through his eyes. And that's not gone. That's what said through. That's what used those thoughts to influence the sound background we played to say, I'll make you lunch. But that's not gone. We have to develop that part of ourselves and make that part bigger so that the parts that aren't gone, we will know and feel more acutely because that's the only route to go. They are with us, but they are with us in spirit. So we must strengthen the spirit, and eventually you will feel them more. Because right. you could look at this body, you don't, you don't, we don't want to keep the bodies if their essence isn't in it anymore. What we want is okay. the arms, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Also, and also, it's funny, also, I want to say that. His, his uh, brother found inter- him. Mm-hmm. What? No, I was, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I was just going <laughs> to say, also, also, they, they feel what we feel. Well, that's so yeah. It, it, they do. yeah, they feel so when we're hurting, they're hurting. So, but when we're when we're thinking of them just lovingly, just sending them love and light, and just telling them how much we love them, we miss them. But I, I try to do it in a way where, where that he's feeling my love. So just you know, just kind of remember that he's not he's right there with you, and if you're hurting, he's hurting. So when when Funny you when, say that because Alex told me uh, uh, I'll be okay when you're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember the part in the Lost and Found? Or are you the person who misplaced it and never found it? Did you ever find that book? I'm the one that it disappeared in the thin air. Seriously, okay, I I'll, know. I'll send you but... another one. I'll send you another uh, one. But you know, there's even a point in there, and I'm quoting when Danny came through and said, "If you want to lift me up." You lift yourself up, 
and that way mm-hmm. you lift us both up. Exactly. So exactly. Some of the reason why I tried started to pull myself together was because I understood that, you know what, we're parents first, and if our being so down is bringing them down, then we're going to make every effort we can. Exactly. On the other hand, there are times when you just freaking can't, so you let mm-hmm. the river flow. And he understands mm-hmm. that, too. You know, I spent right. TV the other day where Danny says, I'm glad you miss me so much. So even though they don't want to see us in pain, they, our boys are very happy to know that their mommies aren't forgetting them for a minute. Oh, yeah. Because Not a minute. They, they, want, mm-hmm. they love the love and they love the attention. So don't worry about anything yeah. you do. Just keep doing yes. what you are doing, which is studying, learning, yes. opening your mind, bringing in the light when you can, and when mm-hmm. you feel the pain, letting it out. And Mm-hmm. Your Alex is such a bright spirit. He will keep making his presence known. I, I'm sure. Oh, he is. And one of you had just said, I think the host had just said, uh, no, or Sherry, I was going Sherry, uh, said that, uh, you know, you saw that he wasn't himself after he passed. When Noah found his brother, he went to pick him up from work, and uh, he just said it was just like there was a, you know, not like sleeping, there was just a shell there. It was just to witness mm-hmm. a show where there was a person, mm-hmm. it was just like an empty room. Of course, I don't know because I did not. He got rid of everything before I could get there, but <clears throat> but that's depressing. But he just said it just was gone. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Strange, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Empty, right? And and so they're just. Um, <clears throat> your spirit is gone, and you know, on the upside of all of this, you know. Of course, whenever I talk about it, I cry, but um, it definitely has opened many, many doors uh, right. mm-hmm. for me, not of so course. much for uh, not everyone in the family, I can tell you that for certain, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it, it just, he sent us a lot of obvious signs that can't be denied that I won't go into, but right. then I just mm-hmm. said, it's the physical, it's like, where in the hell is my kid and that haunts you and then you have to keep connecting with you know like Sherry says it's like it's a daily thing otherwise you're just a hollow it's like they just disappeared and and, you know I'm still new to this so I'm still like yes but you're doing doing really well well. you're you're doing very well and did you ever work with the love infusion exercises in the book it really there were times where I really felt so much better after doing it. All it is um, is where, you know, you inhale and you inhale deeply and as you inhale, you envision drawing healing and energy into you and then you exhale and as you exhale, you envision sending out from you healing and energy and love and then what I do is I picture Danny at the foot of my bed and as I inhale I imagine drawing the energy he's sending me into me and I inhale it as I inhale I envision drawing in this energy and hearing Danny say I love you I love you I send you this love and I keep that in my head and then as I exhale I say the same thing I love you I love you I send you this love and if I lie there and do this for five, six, seven minutes, when I get up, I don't miss him as much. 
Now, I think it's because even though I can't see him, we are exchanging energy. Now, we're dealing in a world of things that are invisible to our eye, but because radio waves are in the air, television waves are in the air, we don't see them. We know they're there because there's a receiver that picks it up, but they are there. Well, in the same way that our kids are there, so is this energy and this love. And we can literally draw that into us by combining our breath and our visualization and our thoughts. So the love infusion is that you, you send your love out to him, you breathe his love into you, and if you do that five minutes a day, I think after a, a, a few days you'll just you'll feel less sleepy because his energy is going to make you stronger. Open that right. door, breathe it in, breathe it in. And and one of you had also said, I think a moment by moment, it's so ironic because I tell other moms that. Right. Uh, right. Sherry <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. There's websites that, um, it's, I won't mention them, but it's just like so depressing. It's just people, the kids, however, whether they've been gone a month or 20 years, they don't want to live anymore. Everything is about right. Right. wishing they would just die and so like, yeah, it is. It's a moment by moment. You may be in the depths of despair and like, God almighty, what? I'm like, and then you come out of it and you're like, okay, I'm, we can do this. And, you know, and Alex, thank you for that. So, uh, you know, obviously crying and there's other parents out there, you know, they're listening and it's just, um, just get through, uh, walk through the lows, you know, and you'll get there. Yep. So, well, um, I think thanks. you're absolutely right, and, and, and your loved one in spirit will help you. If you just yes. open that door a little bit, they'll help you. They they, they want to help us. Yes. They're right yes, there. So yes, I, I, I think you're doing really good. Now, I've only known, we've only known each other about six months maybe now, Kirsten, but I think that you, mm-hmm. you're really making a lot of progress, and, you know, that Mama said there'll be days like this, I and mean, then there'll be those days. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling mm-hmm. really bad. Mama, that's okay. You know, it's yes. called yes. grieving. It's called grieving. We're allowed to be sad. But we just don't yes. want right. to, You know, it's like, we're, are we broken open or are we broken shut? We're broken. You know, your heart gets broken when you lose something you love as much as a child. But are you going to break shut, go in the room, shut the door, never come out? Or are you going to explore and use this as an impetus? to learn and grow in knowledge of the afterlife because that's where your kids are now, in the afterlife, and that's where we will be. Let's rejoice that that exists and learn about it. There's such wonderful well, and such wonderful mediums today. Yes. Yes. And knowing oh, the yes, truth yes, that yes, there, that, I mean, knowing the truth that there, there is no death and they are, still with you. I mean, you can't see them. You can't hug them. I always say, I can't fuss at Kyle anymore. <laughs> you know? I can't always, what? You can't fuss? I, I can't fuss at him. Fuss. Right, right. Fuss. Fuss. You know, Kyle, do You know, but, um, but um, you know, to know, to know that they're not gone is, is, is a big, there, I think, wonderful. a weight yeah. that, that's lifted. Um, but I also want to share with all of the listeners because I'm not sure um, this this um, program. Will, I was going to try to extend it. It's set for two hours, and it it won't let me extend it longer than two hours. But um, <laughs> so uh, we have about five minutes left. But I want to say 
if anyone has questions, because we're doing a video um, panel discussion um, coming up in mid-January. Now, it will be pre-recorded, but if you have questions that you didn't get to ask tonight, please email me or email Sherry, because uh, Sherry will be part of the panel. Um, email either one of us with questions for um, a discussion that we're having um, mid-January, and maybe we'll get a chance to answer some questions during that video panel. So you'd have to pre, you have to email the questions before because we're going to pre-record that show. Right. So I just wanted to, right. to well, um, and, mention and, that. And in, in, in that spirit, I should probably hang up, and if anyone else needs to call, they can call instead of monopolizing the last few minutes. <laughs> So you had actually given us oh, an EVP not too long ago. Joe? <laughs> Please, yes, so it is. How are you guys? Doing okay. It's, you know, of course, the holidays are the roughest. Yes, I think everyone would yes, agree. Yes, I know. Yeah, they're and tough. They really are. And, you know, it's uh, you brought up a lot of key points in your radio show, you know, about, you know, your your children, anyone that's lost a child, they will actually feel the love you have in your hearts for them. That is a key point. And, mm-hmm. you know, your thoughts are always with them. And, I you agree. know, yeah. it's, it's, it is so vital to, you know, to never lose sight of that because our children want to see us happy and feel loved as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there isn't so anything true. any of us, right, there isn't anything any any of us would do wouldn't do to to have them back, you know, but there's a, you know, you could search deep within your soul, try to find a reason for it. Often, you know, there are no answers and that, you know, that is sometimes the hardest things to have to live with. But, um, you know, the, the most important thing is always keep keep them in your thoughts, your prayers, your heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dana and I, we, we are always, Speaking with Alexandria, you know, day and night, you know. Well, she and seems to know really everything going on. She's with There's us. No, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. she proves yes. it with some of the things uh-huh. that she said. I mean, she knows what's going on. She knows her mother tried yes. on a blue dress. Yes, <laughs> you remember. I don't look good in blue. You remember <laughs> I mean, she's, that? She's Very watching good. everything. She's watching yes. everything. And we, 
Right. We feel honored that uh, you included a couple of our EVPs in with for others to hear. Um, we are oh, I love deeply them. honored I love by her. that. I love her. Oh, please. I thought they were so beautiful. <laughs> she was so, she's so full of love. That right. And, and what I found most um, that I took away from the EVP reading that I've always wondered is our children, uh, you know, um, they keep um, their personality. We are going to, the, the, the radio show is going to cut us off in okay, about well, 30 Joe, seconds. Email me. So, so right. please, Joe, email please me email Sherry the question. I will. And we're going to have a show. Okay. We're going to have a show in, um, in January. So I do January. want questions, mm-hmm. please. So email Sherry or email me, and we'd okay. love to hear the questions. Okay, thank you. Well, it's be been wonderful. It's so. been lots mm-hmm. of fun. And Joe, email me. We'll discuss whatever you want to talk about. Okay, okay. wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Okay. Welcome to everybody. Okay. Take All care. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. So we have about ten, 10 seconds. <laughs> so I'm going to say goodnight, well, Sherry. Not, we'll be together again in January. So we definitely okay. have to we'll get back on to whatever this. you need. Okay. okay. I'll let you know if any I'll... questions come in. I'll send them right to you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. You take care, darling. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Wake up.